0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Lisa and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Welcome to Episode 6 of Season 2. Today is December 3rd, 2020 and I'm sorry I haven't been with you for a couple of weeks. I had a weird glitch with my podcasting software and the update for my Mac coinciding and finally got the update last night, and I am good to go now, so I will be more consistent from here on out. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the most popular question I get in private practice, and that is, Lisa, I know what I should do, I just don't do it. Why? Totally valid question, way more common than most people think. And so, before I tell you what to do about that, I want to explore why it's so hard to make a behavioral change. But before we get into that, let's get over to the official What's Next question and answer. Hey, what's next? A million years ago in episode five, I talked about anxiety and rather than trying to make that anxiety go away or being hard on yourself for having it, I wanted you to start to ask yourself, how can I accept this as a part of my process and go a little bit further in understanding who I am as an individual and using it sort of to my advantage, right? And saying, all right, I just know that this is a part of me. This is how I problem solve how can I take this and accept it as a part of me and move forward with that knowledge? And I got a lot of questions about this because anxiety is something, especially in these times that people are struggling with. And the most, I would say prevalent question I got about this is exactly what I'm talking about. When I say accept it as a part of your process, I got probably five or six questions saying, how do I accept myself? How do I accept that that's okay? And that really struck a chord with me because a lot of times I say things on this podcast and I think well it's you know pretty straightforward but it it doesn't occur to me that I think I need to take it a step further for you guys and so how do you accept yourself how do you accept that as part of your process my friends that all starts with connecting to your self-worth And understanding that you're worthy and you are valuable. And that there's nothing wrong with you because you have anxiety. And how do you do that? I want you to look in the mirror and have compassion for yourself. And soften your approach to yourself. Because the harder you are on yourself, the worse those negative feelings feel. So until you practice actually being soft with yourself and saying, I'm human. This is really hard anxiety is really hard you're never going to be able to love yourself through it you're going to try to reason your way through it or attack yourself through it and what I really want you to start to try is rather than getting hard on yourself I want you to say how can I love myself through this and by that what I mean is I want you to say all right what if this were my best friend having a really difficult day how would I treat them? I would treat them, would I treat them with patience? Would I go out of my way to do nice things for them? Would I support them and love them? I would like to say yes. And so what I'd like you to do to start to accept yourself is to do exactly that, is to go out of your way to be nice, go out of your way to be proud, go out of your way to be soft with yourself. And understand that you're doing the best that you can. You are beautifully human. You don't have to figure this all out overnight, okay? One day at a time. Okay, guys. If you have questions, email me at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter at what's Next with Lisa. And I'm always open to show topic ideas. I am open to your questions, thoughts, feedback, all of it. So let me have it. I'm doing this for you. So let's get into today's topic. The most popular hands-down question I am asked in private practice is, well, how do I do that? How come I know what to do, but then I don't do it? And it is, to me, crazy how many people ask me that. And it when I first started in private practice, I thought, what am I not explaining correctly that people aren't getting this? And, and once I realized that it wasn't exactly me not explaining it, it was about people emotionally connecting to conscious thought, right? So knowing what you need to do and then emotionally connecting and doing that are two very different things, which a lot of times really creates an inner battle that winds up making you feel hard on yourself, like you've been defeated, like you're disappointed. And then you just throw your hands in the air and say, screw it, I'm done. And here's the thing though, knowing what to do isn't necessarily just enough to get it done and change your behavior and so that's what a lot of people say well I know what to do so why don't I just do it and it is it's one of the most frequently asked questions that I get from, from clients and I think it's really confusing to a lot of people that although we may think that we know what life changes will make us happier or more fulfilled We just often can't bring ourselves to make them and it is frustrating, right? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about why that's such a difficult connection to make. So basically what's happening is, is that for every desire that you have or for every one thing that maybe you want to change, there is some form that there's some form of change in your life that is also that also has a corresponding degree of let's say resistance right so for every change you want to make whether you see it or not there is a corresponding resistance in your brain that arises from basically just the human tendency to maintain the status quo and I have a lot of people say well that seems ridiculous I know my relationship isn't healthy I know I'm not happy in my job I know I shouldn't stay why would I want to maintain that status quo well and here's why Your brain, somewhere along the way, has learned that that feels like home. So every time you go to change it, that subconscious part of your brain rises up and says, No, no, let's keep this the same. This is safer, trust me. And a lot of times we give into it. And so, like, even things that we see as positive or that we know will result in improvements. They're met with resistance and often we sabotage those and, you know, we have maybe a conscious intention to make things differently than they, to make things different than they have been, but subconsciously we're sabotaging ourselves to just keep things the same. And so when we desire change and when that's something that we're aware of, like I said, there's this counter desire that we may not be aware of. That actually prevents the change, regardless of what it is. It doesn't matter how important or positive it is. That's what happens. Here's, here's the deal, though. Here's where we get a little bit deeper. Basically, when you fail or you are unable to recognize and understand what your attachment is to the status quo, it's really easy to become frustrated, angry with yourself, others, the circumstances that you think are in the way, you start making excuses, and then you get angry at yourself. And then it just amplifies, it makes it way bigger, this resistance, right? Because you're like, this is painful, this is too hard. And so that just leads to greater resistance. And it's just a vicious cycle. And so here's the thing. It's one of, you know, it's so tricky, because when I say If you're unable to understand your attachment to something, um, let's take, um, I don't know, let's take cigarettes, for example, right? Everyone knows they probably should quit. They're not healthy for you. There's a ton of research out there. You smell really bad. Your teeth turn yellow, the whole nine yards. You know why you should quit. Why can't you? And a lot of people would say, oh, well, because you're addicted to nicotine. Well, okay, I give you that like 2%. But the, the other 98% is, why are you attached to it? Why are you attached to that pattern or that habit? What do you think it's bringing you? Is that stress relief? Is that boredom? So you smoke? Is that social acceptance? What is that payoff? And why are you attached to that negative behavior? And until you confront what your attachment is, you're never going to be able to change it. Your your brain's just going to resist it because it thinks that you need it. That goes for partners. That goes for jobs. That goes for overeating. That goes for, I mean, every really poor behavior that we have um, a desire to change You've got to get really honest with yourself and say, why am I resistant to changing this? What do I think this is doing for me? And I'll give you an example. Let's take somebody um, going to a party or getting married, right? Okay, let's take somebody getting married and they tried their dress on and they found that, you know, a month before the wedding, two months before the wedding, it didn't fit. And they said, that's it. I am committing I'm losing 20 pounds I will not look like this on my wedding day they were super committed to it Um, and they're you know and so they seem like they're on this path of change right and um, they knew what they had to do right take in fewer calories uh, burn more calories so work out change the foods they're eating uh, maybe join a gym get a trainer and get totally like into it motivated psyched because you have hit your quote rock bottom right well then what happens is that person they may start really strong come out of the gate high hopes um, made maybe even a lot of the changes they told themselves they would make and then maybe for a few weeks things went well And then they started to get complacent and go back to old habits. And about a month into it, they started skipping some workouts. And then they stopped working with the trainer. And then they thought, oh, just one cupcake won't hurt. Because see, that's the things with humans, guys. We can justify anything. And so maybe it was, I'm really stressed. I'll just have one cupcake. Or I deserve a little pleasure once in a while. I shouldn't deprive myself right? And so your brain starts to justify it. And then what happens is, wouldn't you know it, the wedding day comes and you don't fit in the dress and you feel terrible about yourself. You're angry with yourself. You're angry at your circumstance and you have really only you to blame for excuse making. And so here's the thing. When we as humans make a conscious intention um, that comes into... I guess, direct conflict with like these hidden commitments or our attachment to these negative things. We're not getting honest with ourselves about what we're justifying and why we're doing that, meaning that you're not holding yourself accountable and you're not being honest with yourself, right? And so you may come out of the gate really strong on something. And when that happens, not all the time, but a lot of the time, I call that um, white knuckling it. So you get really excited and you're going to use all this willpower and it's going to be great. But when that adrenaline wears off and life goes back to stressful and mundane and all these things are being thrown at you, it's really easy to say, what's the point? It's really easy to say my attachment to eating this way, my attachment to smoking at lunch, my attachment to hiding in my office and not setting a boundary or being outgoing or whatever it is that we convince ourselves is better for us, um, that white knuckling, you start to slip. You start to slip because it's not sustainable, right? And nobody wants to live in a constant state of fight or flight or white knuckling. And the trouble with white knuckling too is it doesn't leave a lot of space to be compassionate and loving toward yourself. It's super intense. It's a tense way to be. You're fighting through it. You've got this. You've got this. And you never really take a breath to basically step back and say, whoa, I'm really proud of myself. Or you know what? It's okay that we didn't work out today. We'll get it tomorrow. And whatever the behavior is. And you don't allow a lot of room for self-compassion. And so when you're talking about wanting to make a change with your behavior, or your habits, right? Um, finding things that we want to change—that's the easy part, right? Putting the work in to do it and understanding how to emotionally connect with that—that's typically where we go off the rails a little bit, and um, that's, you know, that's that's not where we want to be. And so, you know, one of the age-old questions is, oh, well, should I tell people to hold myself accountable that I'm working out seven days a week, or I'm quitting smoking or whatever that might look like. And and I tend to say, I don't know, no, because social pressure and committing that just adds more pressure and white knuckle tendency to you, um, or to your circumstance. And so there's a couple of things that I want to talk about here. Um, I guess like the biggest reasons that a lot of behaviors, um, a lot of behavior changes actually fail right? And we talked a little bit about this, but now I want to get into a little bit more detail. So when you are trying to change something and you're motivated by negative emotions, right? Fear or regret. And a lot of times we think, oh, well, that's the stuff that could actually inspire me to make a change. But I'm going to tell you that the opposite is actually true. So there've been a lot of reviews and clinical studies that have found the least effective behavior change strategy strategy were the ones that consistently focused on fear and regret. And why? Fear and regret are negative emotions. Fear and regret maybe get your adrenaline pumping, like right? you're afraid you got to fit into the dress, um you've got to quit smoking, whatever it is, your adrenaline's pumping and then life goes back to normal. And you're motivated with negative thinking, and white knuckling is not sustainable. It's not a sustainable thing to keep going. So you just kind of break, right? The other thing is you start too big and too vague. So I would tell you, changing really all behavior takes time. Um, But when you go too big, like you come out of the gate saying, I've never run a day in my life, but I'm going to run a half marathon in whatever, two months, three months. Guys, not sustainable. So the trick here is to be proud of yourself for the progress you're making, set smaller goals, set attainable goals, and build on that momentum. Now to do that, you have to accept yourself and love yourself exactly where you're at. You've got to give yourself some compassion, some patience, and some pride set small goals. So maybe you break it up by, I don't care, morning or afternoon or by day. So today, one time I will get off the couch. I will go for a walk, whatever that is. I will tell myself I'm worthy. Um, And so start small, right? And don't focus on the end goal. I want you focusing on the process because we're all works in progress, guys. We're all beautifully human, I'm here to tell you that no matter what anybody's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok says, nobody has it all figured out. We are all works in progress. Your best friend has to be you. It's the most important relationship you will ever take care of. Um, And don't forget that if you don't make a commitment to yourself, that's actually probably my number one thing that I see is a lot of people think, oh, when I know what to do, Won't I just follow suit? No, you have to be accountable to yourself. You have to wake up, get dressed, be accountable for wanting to change. Put the work in because you're worth it. Do it in small steps that focus on not what am I giving up, but what am I gaining? What opportunities do I have here? Um, It's not about you know oh god I'm I'm quitting smoking I'm giving it up I'm quitting no you're gaining look at what you're gaining you're not going to smell you're not going to cough you're going to be able to work out if you want to Um, it's not about what you're giving up it is what you're gaining so please don't forget that as well a lot of this is mindset and so you know here's the thing knowing what to do and when to do it are absolutely essential. But holding yourself accountable to repeatedly make those changes, get up and try again when you get it wrong, love yourself and have some compassion for yourself if you get it wrong or you have a bad day. Those are key. So why don't we emotionally connect to the changes we know we need to make? Well, Because it either feels like too much work. We talk ourselves out of it. Our brain is saying no stay here in this bad situation. It's safer. Because we're not confronting our attachment. And getting really honest with ourselves about what's keeping us stuck here. And we're also afraid to fail. And here's the thing. You're human. You're going to fail. And um, that's just part of it guys. And so if you fail or you make a wrong choice. You get up and make another one. You don't beat yourself up for it you love yourself through it you be soft with yourself through it and understanding that every time you're negative or you beat yourself up for something you are amplifying those negative feelings that's why you're not connecting to emotionally connecting to the changes you know you need to make because you're so damn hard on yourself it's impossible for you to stand up and try something new that might feel better you don't think you're worthy I can't stress enough how worthy you are, how beautiful you are, and how capable you are of making these choices. Write out a plan. Get excited about it. What are you gaining today? What could happen? Not what might go wrong. Ask your, tell yourself, I know I can handle it if something goes wrong. I'm worthy of that. This is life. It's not a dress rehearsal. It's my life and I want it to feel good so I hope that helps if you guys have questions email me at what's next with lisa.com I read them all I try to answer them all um and if it's not on the air I will email you back and I hope you enjoyed this today and don't forget today is a perfect day to ask yourselves what's next take care of each other see ya